What's happening, Tim? How are we, Bar? Not bad with yourself. That's good. Glad to be talking fantasy. Mate, yeah, we're back. We're back for another season. So, obviously, this is something a little bit new. So, uh, do you want to let the let the people yeah, know sure, what's, let the people sure. know what's going on for the upcoming season and, and what we'll be doing today? Sure. So, uh, um, I mean, look, you know, obviously, uh, I can see by people listening, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have been around the community for a long time. So, I'm sure it's not like, uh, you know, Bales or I are brand new to you. Um, you know, Bales has obviously been around for a long time, uh, creating content. Um, you know, I kind of jumped in and uh, we did our Twitter spaces last year for the AFLW. Uh, and uh, I say last year, it wasn't last year, it was last season, obviously. But, um, I mean, it was something that we both really enjoyed. And and uh, so we, we kind of planned on keeping our Twitter spaces up on a Friday night. But the other thing Bales and I were talking about is just, like, we're just gagging for fantasy content on a Sunday night. And... Um, Basically, what we thought we could do is, um, you know, something kind of new because we don't we don't want to try and do what anyone else is doing. I mean, I don't consider myself an expert or anything like that. I consider myself a fanatic. Um, I thought, you know, something that we could do is is maybe review the rounds on a Sunday night. Um, and I'm sure, you know, there's plenty of um, maybe guys in the community. I mean, we can't watch all the games. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm quite sure there's plenty of the guys in the community that, you know, might want to jump on and just do a bit of a five-minute review so that, you know, for maybe those of us that don't, you know, watch every game, we can get a little bit of an insight into each game. And, you know, Kim and I can just chant fantasy and probably, you know, yell and scream about our rage trades and what we messed <laughs> up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And just have a bit of fun. But, you know, like, um, I mean, that, that's what it is for me, Bars. What about you? Mate? Oh, I'll, I'll be watching every game. That's pretty much it's pretty much how I operate. I watch every game as it is. So, I'll... Can you get it done by the final siren, though? Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Because yeah? I, because I'm, monster. I'm more, I'm not much of a note taker. I, I, um, I watch the games and I remember what happened during the game. So I've got a, well, I like to think I've got a decent memory. It's funny. I remember things that happen in games and that, but then when Mum's like, "Oh, can you do this?" For, uh, I asked you to do this for me. I'm like, "Crap, I forgot to do that." So it's funny how that how that all works. But um, but yeah. So um, no, looking forward to it. It's pretty much as we said to. Obviously, uh, built on. I did the sort of the, um, my video on, on YouTube, and that obviously last year after the Sunday review, straight after bounce, and then the, we did the spaces obviously before. So it's a bit of a mixture of both, but it'll just be obviously on the Sunday night where exactly where yeah. we do it. Chat fantasy. If anyone wants to jump on, we can get people on and, and pretty much just review the round and stuff like that. So now looking forward to it. We'll get the Warnock on to review all the Essendon games, mate. And uh, see you're on there, so you're listening. Yeah. So consider it a standing invite. Yeah. <laughs> but mate, uh, mate, remind me, how did you uh, how did you finish up last year? Oh, last year, I said it again, right? It, it was literally only a couple of months ago. Wasn't no, it? that's right. I, I knew exactly what you meant. Anyway, uh, yeah, I fin- well, I finished. I think I think it was either just I think it was like 2002 or something. I, I finished just outside the top 2k, but that was uh, I was pretty happy with that because I ended up. Uh, Sort of going out, so I think it was about uh, like nine odd thousand, and I would have been around that ten k mark uh, around the buys, and I had a bad first buy, but then sort of really clawed my way back inside the top sort of five thousand, two and a half thousand. I got I think as high as I think sixteen hundred, but the final the final round I think I did a couple of different moves, and 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 a captain was sort of uh, not. The, I think I went Crips instead of Doherty from memory, and I had Doherty all week, and then he had a big score, and Crips didn't do as well, or or, or the other way. And I can't actually remember, but um, I was pretty happy with the with the two k mark. It's best year I've had in a couple of years. Obviously, a couple of down years for me, but hopefully this year get a hat. That'd be nice. Um, join the join the hat clan. So, um, what about yourself, mate? Yeah, 
Mate, yeah, I mean, I finished around about 1,000, which was a bit disappointing for me because I had a really, really good start to the year. Um, I mean, that's where I've kind of finished the last few years. But, you know, what it's like as you kind of get towards the end of the year, you've got to start throwing a, you know, through a few Hail Marys. And, of course, you know, they don't necessarily work out. But, I mean, I, well, I, I spent the first, I think it was the first 10 or 11 rounds uh, inside the top 100. So that's that's the best I've ever done. But, um but it was good and, you know, there was a lot of learning that I took away, I guess, that hopefully I can apply this year. And, um, you know, I mean, it's getting more and more competitive, as we know, every year. And, you know, but I think any, anything in the top 1,000 is pretty, pretty good. Um, you know, it's just always – it's just fun to play, right? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I always – the amount of times that I've been told by people around me, just like, it's just like it's relax. It's just – it's just if, like fantasy team. And I'm just – and I'm just, <laughs> just I, I know I'm just that into it. It's just – Not just <laughs> I know, like – I keep telling everyone, I'm just like, don't, don't tell me that because that gets me even more worked up. Because like well, people say, it's not, it's just well, a game. But the amount of time we put into it. Yeah, know? no, that's right. We, yeah, we, we I mean, we love it. We don't we commit a lot of time to it. So you want to do well. well that, yeah, that's but right. what, mate? What did you? Uh, what you? What were you kind of takeaways from last year? What you know? Actually, I was kind of. Um, I was speaking to Pete. Big shout out to obviously uh, Pete, um, uh, AFL ratings. Pete and uh, Jeppa, the boys. They've got their. Um, uh, their rookie podcast out at the moment, 15 minutes there. They go, they both go through their top 10 uh, rookies that are drafted. So if you haven't started your, your research on your, on your rookies or your draftees, then uh, get along and have a listen to that. But he, he kind of made a suggestion that one, one of the things that maybe we could do that's different to everyone else is a kind of like a what worked or what didn't work. And I, I think that's a really good idea. I mean, it's actually something I do with my, my staff and my teams, um, you know, at, at work kind of thing. But... You know, what about for you, mate? What, what what kind of takeaways did you have from your season last year? Like, what kind of what kind of worked? What didn't work for you? Um, it's 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 hard. It's hard because I have half forgotten about um some of the bits that happened last year. But <laughs> um, but intentionally uh, a little bit, yeah. Because uh, I'd sort of I'm a very competitive person in terms of just other um like sort of leisure activities and sport and stuff. So I always like being near the top and when I'm not I sort of try and forget about it or I have a soul call or anything like that but in terms of what sort of learnt last year is is not overthinking my trades and stuff because obviously the amount of times I'd either I'd message half hundred people as you know in, and in AFLW fantasy as well messaging everyone and asking people what should I do what 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 option out of these 10 options should I do I just have to simplify things and go what like based on the research I use and what I think so what is the best move that I should make and just make a a more simple decision instead of in going through because at the end of the day like we're not going to get every decision right even as Selby said as well you're not going to get every decision right you're not going to bring all the players in that or whatever it's just about obviously the person that minimizes the amount of mistakes you make so just sort of doing that and not overthink it too much and just sort of um, trusting the research because I listen to pretty much every everyone the podcast out there so um, just not overthinking it really and 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 probably thinking more with my head instead of my heart. There's been plenty of times where I've sort of based um, my picks on who I like and who I don't like, whereas it's sort of going to be more, okay, who who's performing well and who's not? So that's I think that's probably the biggest um, thing I took away from last year, which I started doing that a lot, a bit more last year and obviously just continuing that obviously this year, hopefully, um, yeah. hopefully uh, finishing high. But what about, what about you, mate? What have you, what did you learn last year? Uh, and, and, uh, and maybe, and, yes, yeah, so a couple of and things. I was going to say also, maybe you could talk about what um, you learn as well from like, maybe AFLW fantasy that you can maybe bring into into AFL men's for next year. 
Yeah, okay. But, um, I haven't really thought much about that. But let me, I mean, a couple of things that I guess I learned. So firstly, I felt like I had a really fortunate situation at the beginning of the season last year where, um, uh, where you remember, so I wasn't going set and forgetting the rucks. Um, you know, I was pretty keen on Proust, although he wasn't playing round one. And then, and then do you remember Jack Hayes? Um, did yes, he, yeah. Went, he turned up in round yep. one. So he was, he was my emergency on the bench. So basically I used an emergency loophole. Uh, to bring his score onto the field. And then what it meant was, oh, I couldn't, I think I had Rob in R2 or something like that. So I was able to dump him, um, which worked out well. Uh, but the, the big thing was, is it meant that I was sitting there for round one and I had 300K in the bank. And that gave me so much flexibility. I mean, I think round one, I finished in the, I was ranked 700 something. And then round two, I was 30. Um, and I think just having cash in the bank, and obviously you don't have 300K in the bank. I don't think that's going to work. But, you know, normally I pretty much spend up. You know, I pretty much, you know, my, my normal thinking is, you know, the idea is to have, you know, points on field. Um, and, you know, I basically try and use every last dollar I can to try and achieve that. But it doesn't leave you with the flexibility of what you can do in round two. So I did, I did really like that. And I have been also trying to figure out how I do balance those first couple of rounds in terms of, you know, how much, how many fix-up trades can I give myself? Um, you know, you can't really do one up, one down from round one because no one's made enough cash. Um, you know, so, you know, I think that's something I'll think about. Um, and then the other big one is one of the things I tend to do, and, you know, this, this I mean, I don't know. I think it, it's why I tend to do pretty well every year, but not really, really well. It's... Like I, I, you know, I'm an investment guy. I run numbers, you know, I, I, I figure risk. So, you know, when I am looking at players, I am pretty vanilla because typically, you know, those vanilla players are the ones that are most likely to perform. So, um, um, it, you know, it, it reduces my odds of making mistakes. But the thing that I sometimes do is I sometimes try and bank a little bit with the hope of getting a leg up in the next round and, you know, that's what happened this year. Like, it was around round 10 or something like that. I think maybe that was when Paddy Cripps got injured or I can't, I can't remember the exact details. But when I was doing really well, I kind of took the opportunity to go, hang on, I might just, you know, do a less risky move here and bank a bit of cash or something like that. Whereas I, I, I think in hindsight what I should have done is just stayed aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. You know, just gone, like you said, just every single round, go for the best player I can get. Don't bank anyone. Don't put anyone on the bench. You know, like, you know, just go hell for leather for the, for the top 100. I think that's basically what you have to do to be able to, you know, do that well. Um, so I think that's probably my biggest takeaway. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, and good takeaways as well. Um, there was something I was going to say that you mentioned, but that it slipped my mind. That happens every now and again. I hate doing that. <laughs> so I'm yeah. going to – but, yeah. Um, it's all right. Well, how's, how's your prep going for this year? Um, what do you – you know, how, what have you been doing so far? Have you, I mean, I've got a pretty, pretty – well, obviously, as, as many people that followed um, – back end of fantasy this year and also the AFLW season. Obviously, I'm in the States at the moment, so um, away from pretty much yeah. a long way away from everyone at the moment. So it's currently midnight, uh, just past midnight here. So, um, so yeah, it's certainly different time zones, whereas it's what, it's what midday or 1 o'clock for you. It's uh, middle of the day. It's like one. It's like two thirty or three o'clock, whatever. In the well, here's, here's, let's talk about this. Actually, this this is I think the thing I want to start off by talking about. So the big news that kind of dropped today, 
Wand Dog showed a screenshot of his um, or a photo of his laptop with a database on and all the uh, you know all us Twitter folk got to work on enhancing and trying to figure out and I think the big news that basically dropped is we've kind of figured out roughly what the yes, yep. is, which kind of tells us roughly what the prices are um, I think I've even seen a couple of people already tweet that yeah that their team was pretty much correct within a few thousand dollars or something along those lines so I mean man they're uh, they, you know they are much more fantasy geeks than I am that's for sure but um, but um, I mean that's 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 an important thing for us to know what what was it eight 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 forty or eight eight three five or something I think like it's that. like yeah like, I think I think um, Jason's on put in the group chat um, for the AFLW fantasy thing that obviously we made during the season I think it was like eight eight six zero or something like that I think that's what he yeah so it's around that kind of heart, yeah that mid eight 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 mark you know that kind of eight fifty eight forty eight you know all the, I've seen a few figures all around that mark, yeah right so it's, it's got to be around there somewhere. yeah somewhere somewhere in there but no my, my my prep sort of started this morning when I obviously listened to if we not a couple of weeks ago when I obviously listened to the trades obviously on their, the first part of the preseason then I sort of I listened to the one last night obviously I would I'm sorry warning you knew it came out a few days ago but uh Obviously, I only just got around to it yesterday. Obviously, I just finished uni semester here, so sort of travelling around now. So it'll pretty much start now for me. I'll listen to all the all the podcasts yeah, around yeah. there. But I've I've definitely had a look at, at some of the positions and and stuff like that. So did you want to go through the some of those the positions and maybe yeah, talk about a few players? Oh, uh, well, yeah. Let's. I don't know. Let's not go through. I mean, this. You know. I mean, once again, there's kind of been a bunch of podcasts that have kind of gone through positions and you know. Probably we don't need to do that. I mean, I think there's there's some players that I I wouldn't mind talking about. I mean, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. I mean, have you got an idea? Have you got an idea what you? I mean, look, this is how I normally approach my year, right? So, you know, I start kind of, you know, start teasing myself with draftees and rookies, but you know, they kind of get pushed to the back, obviously, until we get closer to the season because you just don't really know who's going to play. Yeah. You know, mid prices, I start maybe putting a few people on my on my watch list. Um, you know, I mean, I'm a very, you know, kind of Marrera's magic, you know, kind of looking for value, looking for those kind of top 10, top yep. 12, you know, kind of in each line, but looking for some value. I mean, I typically find, you know, it's easier to kind of sort out the value in the in the forward or the defensive lines early, you know, mid price, uh, not mid prices, uh, midfielders, I kind of, you know, they kind of, you know, once again, I might have a couple. You know, there's a couple we've probably already got all got our own. You know, after you know people being traded to different clubs and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean that that's kind of how my my team starts to shape up a little bit. You know, I mean I'm, you know, I've been looking at the forward line, and you know, I mean I think Dunkley, um, obviously considering he's kept his forward status. I mean, you know, I think uh, DC made the call on uh, on Hatchat that he reckons he's going to be the highest averaging player of the year. Um, you know, I, I think that's a, probably a pretty solid call. Yeah. Um, so I think he's, you know, he's got to be locked in. I mean, going to Brizzy, you think he's got to be undervalued. Yeah. Um, you know, more midfield time. Uh, I mean, Taranto going to Richmond, you know, Cogs staying at GWS, you'd think they're going to be the top three and they're probably all underpriced. Yeah. I, well, I, I think Connor, um, obviously Connor Rosie's another name that obviously we've got to, that's in that mix as well. Obviously, um, first half of the year, well, first sort of seven or so rounds, obviously playing forward, then going in the mid, uh, going into the midfield. And I think he averaged like, I can't remember exactly what he averaged after the so bye, like 120 or something, you... but. So are you attracted to old uh, Connor Rosie? Well, well, yeah, that, well, because well, I'm, well, I'm not. Yeah, I am because it's I that and that's sort of that's the uh, thing for me in my forward line that I'll have to figure out obviously before the season starts. Um, is that 
I've got four premium forwards that I want to either fit into um, two or more than likely three. So obviously I've got like what, as we said, literally. So, who are those so Dunkley's pretty much, I think, going to be one of the ones that's locked in for me unless something drastic happens. But I just think I like it was what priced at 109. I see him. I think he can go 115 plus. I just think that more midfield time. He's not going to get the tag either because obviously it's going to go to Lockie Neal. So I think he's going to have a bit of free reign there. So he's sort of one that's locked in for me. And then you've got the other one or two positions is between Cornelio, who played really well after um, going back in the midfield, but obviously new coach, Adam Kingsley, obviously a couple of midfielders left. So I would imagine you'll be in the midfield still. Obviously, you've got Rosie, who's probably a bit cheaper than what he performed with after his buy. And then you've got Taranto at a brand new club that'll probably get a bit more opportunity in the midfield. So probably cutting those four down, I'll probably have to miss out on one, if not maybe two, obviously, just depending how it can work. So it's a bit interesting. So. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think Rosie's, uh, I, I think a lot of people are going to pick Rosie based on how he performed in that back half of the year. But I actually, you know, I mean, Wines was down. I don't know that he, he gets the midfield time that he did. So, I mean, once again, that's kind of one that stands out to me as a little bit of a risk. Yep. So I, I'd probably prefer to stick with the other three. Um, for me, the other thing that I'm kind of looking at as well is that I would really like, I mean, I'm a bit concerned that I'm loading up a bit too heavy in the forward line, but I would probably really like Darcy Cameron um, at uh, possibly F4 because that would Is probably R one, and I'm potentially under under uh, underpriced as well. But I mean, God knows who would be R two. So if you know you can roll a, a Darcy Cameron at F four, then it gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of you know going like a, a rookie ruck or a mid price ruck or um, or something along those lines. Um, and of yeah. course, you know, I mean, how much pain did we go through last year with the ruck <laughs> positions? Yeah, it's it's funny because I was I was very much like uh, Holmesy from literally as soon as the game opened last year, I put Gorn and Grundy in, and I didn't change it all preseason. Like, obviously, played around with it, like put it, seeing what could I do if I had Bruce in there. But I I had the two big rucks, and and that's how it stayed. But then obviously, the year that I do that is obviously when sort of both get injured, and and obviously then all the drama with everyone going in and out. Then you get Bruce in, and he goes down, and, and Hayes obviously got injured, so. But yeah, um, I'm actually at the moment. If I was doing my, filling in my team now, I've probably got Darcy Cameron in my ruck lineup just with the, yeah, um, just with just with the I'm uncertainty with, well. just with the uncertainty with Marshall. I want to see him first playing mainly ruck. Obviously, with Max King going down, that's sort of a bit of a concern that maybe does Marshall play forward? And I think I saw a training picture that Tom Campbell was in the in the the had the first. 22, like yeah. the jumper on, the bet, like the best 18 jumper playing ruck. So that's a bit concerning that maybe Campbell comes in and, and Marshall plays forward. Um, so that's sort of something that will be there. But at the moment, I'll probably have Cameron and, and, and Tim English. But even Tim English isn't sort of um, filling me with with huge concern either because he's quite expensive. And I know that obviously um, no Stefan Martin or whatever, but um, they've still got Lob there. Lob, and I think Lob's – well, that's, but that, that's the thing. Lob, I, I think that um... – Lobs are forward. Yeah, and I agree as well. It's just that he's very expensive and you, and obviously he's got to be locked into those one of those top two, which I think he is based on what we've seen. But again, it's just sort of probably wait and see. But 
Um, but yeah, Cameron, Cameron, I think for me is one of those ones that he's obviously a bit cheaper based on obviously slow start and obviously Grundy being the number one. But then when he went down, Cameron coming in, I think he's he's at least seven or eight points under price based on what he yeah. can do. And because he's got that ruck forward flexibility, I saw someone put it on Twitter, but they'll probably start Cameron forward. But then when King comes back in, in around that May May time, um, which will be probably like round eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there, you can flick Cameron in your forward line and you can bring Marsh in your ruck. So that's something that I've also um, sort of, that's something I've got in the back of my head as well, that that might be what I look at doing. Yeah, cool, man. Cool. What about defence? That's where I'm, uh, um, you know, a little bit more uncertain. It doesn't seem to be a huge amount of value yeah. standing out. Yeah, that, and that's what that's what I've seen. That's uh, what I've seen people um, putting up saying there's not a lot of value. Um, obviously, look if you're looking at your, your big three from last year, average over 100 with with Doherty, Dawson, and uh, Sinclair. Um, obviously, Doherty doesn't present. Uh, like any like much value because I like is he he could don't get me wrong he's the sort of player that can go one twelve one fifteen we've seen it happen before but more likely he may come down a couple of points he may average one hundred five one hundred eight could average one ten again but you're not getting value whereas maybe a Dawson or or a Sinclair could could they push one hundred five um, potentially obviously well, with is... me and you spoke obviously off yeah, so off Dawson. air I'm yeah and, and I'm at the moment I'm on Dawson as my D one at the moment I remember obviously we spoke off air and. And obviously, you were thinking that obviously Dawson had a bit of a slowish start in the first few games, but really, particularly yeah, in the back so half of the year, really started to um, to uh, push forward and, and put yeah. up some big scores. So I really wanted Dawson, so I watched him all year. And, uh, it just turned out that I, I didn't end up getting him at any point in the year last year. But um, but he had that interrupted preseason. I think it was an ankle or something along those lines. Um, my memory was that he didn't. Play round one, but I think yeah, he, he, yeah, he, so maybe he wasn't meant to. He, maybe he wasn't meant to, but then he was a, you know, like kind of a. He ended up playing, but even still, I think that's why you know I couldn't start with him just with that interrupted. Yes, pre-season. he did. Yes, he, yes, he did. Yes, he did. He had a um, he had a niggle in the preseason, but no, he, yeah, he did play, but he just started really slowly. And I remember I was at, I was actually well. The other thing was is that they were moving. Him yes, around. yeah, so in defence wing, they, they tried forward. Him. They, yeah, they tried him on the wing. They tried. Him, I think he went. Um, I think he had a few. Yeah, CBAs as well. as well. I think he literally yeah. played everywhere by ruck. Yeah, and then he settled into that kind of halfback role, and that's where he really started to flourish. So, I, you know, I must admit, I haven't, I haven't looked at his stats. So, um, you know, I'm only going off memory, and maybe I'm wrong, but that that was my memory of his year. So, I have a funny feeling that he potentially could be a bit underpriced. Um, you know, maybe not. You know, maybe three or four points or five points or something like that, but at least it's some value. I mean, Sinclair, I am a little bit worried about. You know what happens with um, Ross the boss, but um, but you know that. I mean, that doesn't kind of cross him off. It's just a bit. I wait and see the preseason. Back yeah. and wait. I don't. I don't mind a day. Cost. Yeah. Oh no. I did I mean, see uh, day, day cost for me is is one that I've probably got in my in my three sort of premium slash like sort of underpriced premium players because. I had Himmelberg there, but after what I've been reading about, they're looking at they're going to be playing him forward, forward which, yeah. which I don't understand because you get Cadman in, you've already got forwards there, and then he was played so well in defence, but then they're going to revert back to what what he was doing before. So that sort of is a bit baffling, but he's probably not going to be there. But Dacos, obviously, um, they said uh, the trader boys on the last podcast that he was averaging uh, eighty seven for the year, but he went at ninety four after after the buy. So it's like. That's already if if he goes at that or better, that's already seven points, and I think he can go ninety five plus. Has been obviously won the two k time trial. There's been rumours of him maybe going in 
a bit more in the midfield this year. So that sort of that's put him pretty much at my yeah my D two or D three at this current moment in time. If I was to set my team up, what about what about you? What do you think Dacos can do this year? Yeah, oh, oh man, I'm not going to put a number on it. I'm not entirely sure. Like you said, I think um, I think once again, there's not a lot of value in the defensive line. I think he's potentially a little bit underpriced. You know, there is a bit of a risk there with him being a second year player. I mean, we've seen, you know, even some of the best second year players not exactly. You know, it's it's you know they don't make a huge step up sometimes in that second year. So. But, you know, I think, once again, he's going to um, offer some value. Um, I mean, I think he's going to be priced at, I don't know, he's going to be, you know, 80s or whatever it is. So, um, it's, uh, it's um, oh, I just got a really nice message, right? So, uh, yeah, but, uh, that's looking good. And then, of course, we've got, uh, I mean, there's like Salem, there's Yo. Oh, who else is a possible mid-pricer down back that I was thinking about? Let's have a look. Oh, Bose, maybe a mid-priced defender as well that, you know, might might fill that role. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely one. There's obviously three names that obviously got defender status in Mitch Duncan, Annie McGrath and Elliot Young, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, obviously, Jack Bose. He didn't obviously hasn't gained it, but he obviously moving club. But do any of those three potentially interest you? Um, obviously, Yo, really cheap. McGrath sounds like he's going to play in defence. That could be a good role with some points. There's a few players back there in like Redmond and Ridley and that. And then you've obviously got um, uh, Mitch Duncan, obviously. He's, he's a bit more expensive. But any any interest? Yeah. Oh, not Duncan. Oh, yeah, no. Um, just get a bit too old, right? And Geelong. And, yeah, I'm not – yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, he's, he's, he's going to miss games. So, um that's something to consider. Hey, you might want to, yeah, yep. go. Um, so, hang on, I've kind of lost track, mate, because we've, we've got a yeah, we got, guest on the, we got, on the pod. Welcome yeah, to the, the big man. Warnie, how you going? Hey, lads, how you doing? Yeah, not bad, mate. How you going? Good, mate. Uh, busy. It's all starting. So, we've got to uh, work pretty hard now over this next week or so to uh, get a bit of stuff done, which is... Both exciting and also a bit annoying because we still have got school until the end of this week. So it's a bloody uh, very busy time in the household. Most importantly, mate, uh, how's the lawn looking? You said you were mowing the lawn before. Yeah, not too bad. You're bloody mowing it once a week at the moment. It's bloody crazy. But uh, yes, it's looking <laughs> all right. Nowhere near as good as what Calvin thinks it is, though. Yeah, mate. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for jumping on. So, uh, I mean, any any insight into when we might get open? I mean, was it Christmas Eve last year? I can't remember when it was last year. It's, in the, it's generally in the week before Christmas, and um, yeah. that's the aim. So, as far as I know, it yeah. should be open. I don't have a firm, got to tick a few boxes off, firm day or time. Like, everything's oh, – well, it's all a little bit crammed, actually, with time, just getting stuff – done like when i can't remember when the prices were now or when the positions were but there's a few cogs in the wheel some people like think as soon as you got as soon as you got positions oh you must be able to just get it open it's just a there's a bit of a there's a few boxes that need to be ticked so we've uh probably officially just got the prices so now there's a bit of um stuff that needs to be done with that and then ingested in there and all the testing and then they'll have to yeah then they'll get it ready to to launch so what about you, mate, and your kind of prep for your team? I mean, are you kind of just busy with, uh, you know, more the, the comp stuff and obviously producing content, or have you kind of started working on your own team at all? No, I haven't really looked at anything. A few names that have just probably got written down. We'll try to create something once we uh, once the game's open. But, yeah, not really. I am, um, to be honest, if I didn't do what I did now, I would, I'd love to go into it not looking at anything until about February, 
um, because too much stuff can change. That's the biggest thing. And yeah. I'm, I'm massively about my first step is finding the value picks that I feel like they need to be um, and then and then shaping your side around that. So I haven't even really looked across to see position-wise what the best ones are or um, and where structure might need to go for that because that's going to determine structure, like how many players you can fit in at that mid-price level. Um, and then, of course, the rookies, like anyone, what we're going to be able to fit there. Like are we going to be able to... Are we going to be stuck with going, you know, three, two, four um, rookie price players in the midfield type thing on field um, because of the lack of it in other places? And then obviously who, you, who you're able to start on field to do that. Because I think even just from my first looks this year, I really, there's not as much value as what we've had in the past, I don't think. So I think that that's the exciting part of it is that we're probably going to have to search for that a little bit more. So um, people are going to have to back in their their own research a little bit more than sort of go with some consensus picks. Like I think, you know, we had a few last year that were – I don't like calling them gimme picks because I don't think um, AFL Fantasy compared to the other format really has the gimme picks as much. But last year I think there were quite a few of those popular players that everyone sort of needed to have. So um, – I'm just trying to think. How many? How many there, were, there weren't that many players different by the end either, were there? Um, no, and that's and that's just the the sake of the game as well. Because you, at the end of the day, you're trying to get your um, if you want to call it what it used to be, your dream team. So, um, mm. but in saying that, um, those last half a dozen rounds, people make some different decisions, which is, I think, what's fun about the two trades per week that we have sort of had for a decade now. Um, that people are making some different calls on what they want to do with those last few weeks. But I think at the end of the day, we all try to get towards that um, that dream team and want to and want to stick with that. But, um, you know, people were trading out. Like, just trying. It feels like ages ago now that we we're actually really doing it. But um, people... Sorry, my daughter's at the door trying to get in. <laughs> you know it, um, Right. So, um, yeah, but like we... You, you can be trading out a big dog like it was a couple of years ago that people were trading out Tom Mitchell in the last round of the season and things like that because of the um, the tag that was coming for him. I think it was against the Swans or something like that where um, it was the it was the move to make and it was and great. people were doing that this year as well. Like people were trading. Well, I mean Sinclair was was tagged in the last game or the yep. second last game. There was a, you know there was a couple of those scenarios that happened in those last few rounds. I mean I, I think the good thing is obviously. Like you said, with um, in some of the lines with maybe not that kind of standout value, it might mean that those starting sides are a little bit more diverse, and um, you know maybe there is a bit more of a difference as we kind of head into those last rounds. That's right, and I think the other thing too, like the rucks is really going to throw up some different ideas. Um, there might be some consensus ideas of what people do with it, but it's not necessarily going to be the right thing to do. So you know you could be having your um, set and forget stuff, which is always nice because you don't have to think about it. And that's the point of the set and forget that you, you don't have to make your moves. But if we are carrying on um, with different we, – we actually don't know who's going to be one and two this year. And every, I reckon every single player um, in that ruck line has a question, if not multiple questions, about them. So that's going to be a big talking point, I guess, over the next couple of months as well. Well, if you had – if you, oh, I, I, just, I was just like, going to say quickly for warning, if you if you had to pick two rucks that you – if you were picking your team right now, who would be the two that you'd be putting into your team? Uh, if I was looking at my set and forget 
move. I think it would be um, English, and I'd like to know a little bit more. But at this point, Rowan Marshall would be um, the one there. It's it's going to take a fair bit of um, a bit of work to see whether um, Tom Campbell's anywhere near that. Obviously, that round twenty three game was um, pretty average, and and what we saw with that. But personally, I don't see them playing as a combo. The um, obviously the news of King going down for months. Might change some things, but yeah, that's who I think could be the one and two ruck. But in saying that, so Grundy could still be, could still, because yeah. I think he's going to have bulk. He'll have the most um, ruck contests between him and Gone, but is it going to be enough and how that works? So yeah, there's a lot to play out. And that's, and I think, again, that's the beauty of it. That's how it is. So um, as for who I'd be really picking, like I think English, I probably will pick if I'm trying to go one set guy. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know where the other one's going because I do like Darcy Cameron, but I do like the idea of him being a um, having him in the forward line because he the flexibility with that ruck forward. Got a couple of little get-out-of-jail things if... Depending on what's yeah. happening with your, um, depending on what's happening with your R two and what and what strategy you do go for there. So again, there's a lot to play out. I think that's the biggest part of it. There's it only takes one preseason injury somewhere that can really change a lot of that structure. Well, mate, one thing I want to hit you up about, uh, maybe a talking point. I've uh, heard a couple of the podcasts maybe whisper that. Oh, I mean, and maybe it's just a hope. Maybe there isn't any rumours flying around, or maybe I'm just starting one. Um, but there might be a change to lockout this year. Uh, no, there won't be a change, unfortunately. Well, there's the to- well, there's the talking point. We know for sure it's not changing. It's definitely a wrong yeah, lockout, no, right? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if we ever said that at any point. No. Um, yeah, it looks as though that's going to be well. It will be rolling lockout continuing. Um, I would have loved the Saturday one. I, I like the idea of that play. Yeah. Um, some draft leagues with that probably for a decade with the Saturday one. And I, I like the idea that you know you can you've got a well, point where you can put your feet and, up. Yeah, exactly. Right. You don't have to be monitoring. You don't have to spend your entire weekend monitoring the bloody app. You know. Yeah, oh, and that's it. And that's what I hate. Any arguments about people that say anything. If you want to win the game you need to take advantage of um, the rolling lockout. And some people yeah. say you don't have to and all that, but that's absolute bullshit because you have to yeah. be on it. And if you're not, yeah. you will miss out on something. And, and my argument that I'll, I'll die on this here is that I'm playing footy on a Saturday afternoon and I miss a big player out and that the bigger nerd who's at home able to do that yeah. um, is, able to, is able to make that move when, um, you know, if Lockie Neal is a laid out at, Saturday at four thirty, um, yeah. and I'm playing footy at that time. Like I'm at a disadvantage because of that, and so then, and that's almost dummy spit disadvantage too, because it's hard to come back from that because we know how tight it does get as well. Yeah, cool, awesome, man. Well, one dog, mate. Appreciate you jumping on on a uh, Sunday afternoon, and obviously, mate. You know we're going to be doing these round reviews. Please feel uh, you know welcome at any time to jump on and and uh, run through the games with us. We'd love your help, and thanks for all yeah, the work cool. you guys do. Yeah, no, she's uh, going to be a big season. Looking forward to getting everything out there. Should be some uh, some pricing stuff very soon, and then yeah, once the game launches, we'll be getting into a fair bit of the uh, the stuff that we do in the preseason. Now we've started work on our team by team club um, preview, so that's um, that's something we're doing at the moment. I've, I've sort of got two semi done now, and we've got to get a few of those done before Christmas because AFL go to sleep, but we won't be going to sleep as fantasy coaches. <laughs> Big day of podcasting set up on uh, on Friday, actually. So we've got a banker 
bank a few so that they're ready to go out because uh, I think um, my North Melbourne piece, I bloody, unfortunately, I didn't um, avoid them. Calvin has had them for the last few years as the the preview and George's short You've heard him about it every year. And, <laughs> and, yeah, so I've got them and they'll be starting on Boxing Day is apparently yeah. when it is. So, yeah, so it'll be fun. Beautiful. Awesome, mate. Well, good luck with all the content. <laughs> you know, everyone listening on this level can't wait for it to drop and uh, good luck for the year, year ahead. Cheers, lads. Beautiful. Have fun with it. Thanks, Warnie. See you, mate. Awesome, mate. Well, uh, maybe we'll just uh, spend a couple of minutes just talking about our uh, midfields. Um, and then, I mean, if there are any questions, anyone wants to send them through, feel free. Yep. Um, I know maybe Mini Monk wants to jump on for a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, I've got to go pretty soon because I've, uh, I've got that Christmas event. But, um, but yeah, let's talk our midfields first and then, uh, then we'll kind of hand it over to the peeps. Yep, beautiful. Um, but, yeah, in terms of midfield, so the, like, the one question I sort of had was that obviously – Rory Laird is obviously the big, big price. Is is there any? Have you looked at potentially him as a starter? I know, not a I know he's just expensive, not a but not, not a, a chance. chance. No, not it. I mean, how often do people go back to back? That, right? Yeah, um, and that's exactly right. I had this, I had that conversation with my mate on the phone. I was just sort of uh, running just over some names to him, and he said that. But the only argument I would have with Laird and. Um, that probably I'm probably biased because everyone would know by now that I'm I'm a lad I'm a lad man. So, but he has done it for a long time, being this consistent. Obviously, not the one twenties or whatever, but consistent sort of one hundred five or more. So that's sort of the one thing I'm considering. But I just I do agree. I just think he unfortunately is too expensive to start with. He's going to be well over a million dollars. Um, so yeah, I just don't think, but I just, yeah, who, who, who do you, I mean, I just tend to find with those, well, who, yeah, who I'm looking at. Yeah. I was going to say, who are you looking at as your M1? I tend to find those top mids, you know, often you can throw a bit of a blanket over them. So I kind of, I just kind of sit back and I don't know, let the kind of chips fall a bit and see what happens, but who I have got my, 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 um, my eye on at the moment. Um, I think McRae, um, yep. with Dunks leaving, um, I think, uh, you know, we saw him sit out on a wing a fair bit last year. Um, so I think he's underpriced and obviously he's a captain option. Um, so he might be my M1. I'm not entirely sure where he finished in terms of his... Oh, so actually probably more Brayshaw might be my M1. He probably was, will be higher priced than McRae. Yeah, he will be, yeah. Um, I mean, once again, I kind of think that there's just going to be another year of development. Um I mean, look, that guy can't be far off winning a fucking brown way. I mean, what a superstar. You know, like, I mean, I just, he runs all day. You know, that, that team is doing really well. And and the one the one thing that he, the I one thing that's going to become. The one thing that Brayshaw showed in the back half of the year as well is that, that I remember the first five or so or six rounds, he got tagged twice and he got held to pretty low scores. But the thing I noticed in the back half of the year is he was able to deal with those tags a lot nice. better. And he was... Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember he got a couple of nights, but even when he got tagged, he was still able to pump out some one tens and and some good scores. There, so clearly, just showing the development yeah. again, even throughout the season, just being able to push through those tags. He's definitely um, one guy. Another year of muscle on him, yep. you know, and yeah. and yeah, more responsibility again. It'll be put on his shoulders, obviously. So um, another name I've looked at is another one that a few people looked at. Um, what are your thoughts on maybe someone like a Jack Steele? Obviously, new coach, uh, whatever coming in, but. Had a bit of, obviously, injury last year, came back, obviously was down from the previous year, but could he maybe get back up to a 115-ish average? 
Oh, yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I guess he's not – I'm not really paying too much attention to him at the moment. Just once again, like new coach, you're not really sure what's going to kind of happen there too much. I don't really think there's a huge amount of development in him. Uh, you know, like maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like I said, he's not really a standout for me at the yep. moment. I mean, I, I haven't really looked at any other, you know, probably – you know, maybe top ten mids. I mean, I mean, I am. I've got my eye on Tom. Yeah, Mitchell. I was, I was um, literally I just. I was just about to ask you about Tommy Mitchell. So, would he be in your team at this current moment? Oh, yeah, I think he has to be. Well, I mean, from my point of view, anyway. I mean, look. I mean, I, I know people are obviously concerned about the, the Collingwood game plan, but um, you know, I kind of think, uh, yeah, you know, they still need that kind of big body did it under mid and that's who he is. And I still think he's going to get that ball and okay. He might not be able to get the spread and those marks and maybe he's not going to be a 130 or a 120 guy, but you know, but, but surely um, he's underpriced, you know, um, and surely he's in the, in the, in the realm of being that top tif- top 15 mid. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what I kind of look for when I'm looking for my starting picks. I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for top eight. Uh, now I might want, you know, maybe two of who I think are going to be top eight, uh, maybe more. But, you know, I'm kind of looking at that top 15. But I'm looking, looking for the value. That's right, yeah. So that's obviously always the the king. Another one I've looked at, probably a bit cheaper, but could put a, um, another step forward this year, um, is Tom Green at, at GOS. He's someone that I've sort of put in as my probably likely like an M4 or something like that or an M3 if I go a bit, little bit cheaper. But maybe he's... Is he an option? I've seen that obviously Jace is on Twitter. He's been pretty bullish on like an, an LDU at North Melbourne. So is there anyone in that sort of under, so, well, I don't even know, we don't know the prices, but anyone in that sort of maybe under 100 average that could push up above 100 and maybe get 105, 110? No one that really stands out to me as yet. I mean, look, I, you know, when it comes to my mid prices, I'm always searching for 25 points of upside because you know basically you can you can buy a rookie you know a basement price rookie with a you know break even at 26 and you know they can probably average 50 yeah so um so you know you you pretty almost guaranteed 25 points with you know let's call it most rookies right or most playable rookies um you know so you i think you got to have that from a mid-pricer um you know so I, i i yeah i don't and particularly in the midfield, those spots are so yes, valuable. Yeah. I'm just, you know, unless there's something like, like, you know, potentially like an Elliot Yo, right? And I mean, obviously there is a significant risk that comes with comes with him. Actually, I do have a couple other notes about. Maybe let's throw. Oh, do I? Oh, McLean priced at forty five. Yo at sixty seven. I think Dom Sheed was pretty cheap as well. He's priced in the sixties, yeah. I think. I mean, there's even a meek going to Hawthorne, you know, like priced at a 61. Um, you know, I mean, obviously there's a lot of questions about what happens there. But, you know, these are, these are the kind of people that are on my, yes. on my yeah. watch list and um, I'm kind of having a look at it. Let's see if there's anyone else of significance there that we haven't kind of talked about. Um, uh, you know, then I have, you know, there's maybe a Warple or a Taron Thomas potentially, but, you know, we call it, I mean, these are very, very early day calls. You know, these, it's kind of like, okay, these are players that potentially, you know, maybe could go go well, but, um, 
know, it's just way too. Yeah, and and, and, and Salem was another one, obviously, in defence that priced in the I think mid seventies. Mm. Could he push maybe a ninety ninety five again? That's obviously yeah, someone else. As yeah. you said, there's plenty, obviously, of those mid prices. But as you said, more likely that they're going to be watches in the preseason, seeing what role they've got and 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 how they go and and whether we start with them or not. What's um? I shouldn't. Bloody done my research about this. What's the pre-season comp this year? How many? Points? From memory, I think. From memory, I think it's. I think they shortened it to one. If if I'm if I'm remember correctly. Yeah. But, well, oh, there we go. We got monks obviously here, but monk mate. Yeah, the hey, man. How you knows. going, mate? G'day. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing too hey, badly. Boys. Thanks for sorry, thanks for having me on. Well, sorry, bringing you on, monk. I might actually jump off at the same time because I've I got to got to get to this uh, Christmas thing. All right, mate. Sorry for jumping off as you were jumping on. I did invite you on. All good. Uh, bloody a, a little while ago. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for uh, contributing and uh, good chat to you, Bales. Beautiful. Thanks, Tim. Obviously, well, uh, just obviously, as we said as well for everyone there, make sure you go and. Uh, Follow, obviously, the AFL Fantasy Fanatics account because that's where we'll be doing the spaces from and obviously follow Tim on um, on Twitter as well. Uh, obviously, we'll be doing our Twitter space throughout the season as well, so that'll be good. Um, and, yeah, if I don't speak to you before, Tim, have a good Christmas, mate, and, and obviously we'll we'll speak soon when uh, when positions yeah, and stuff come out. Probably one thing we didn't say, actually. Yep. Well, probably one thing that we didn't say is we will actually, um, with the round reviews that we're going to do on Sunday, the plan is actually we'll, we'll trim that um, audio and we're not going to or anything like that, but we'll drop it into a podcast room. So, you know, people can either access it through Twitter or, you know, through their kind of podcast. Yeah, it's essentially, essentially, essentially like a live podcast. So there you go. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, thanks, right. Tim. Thanks, boys. Merry Christmas. No, we'll chat. Merry Christmas to yourself as well. Beautiful. Thanks, Tim. So, Monk, mate, how, how are you yeah. going, mate? How's your um, pre-season and, and planning and stuff going? Um, t- taking it a bit differently this this year compared to how I've done it previously. I'm, I'm more looking at the players that I want to target and and where the rookies might lie, rather than you know tinkering around with draft teams too much at this stage. But trying to keep a very open mind. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's the same as me. Like I've got names there that I want to put in, and obviously, big thing will be obviously preseason and stuff like that, and and more closer to round one mm. is when we'll start locking them in. But obviously, me and Tim were just talking about midfielders, so. We'll sort of carry on that discussion. Mm-hmm. Who are you looking at as your uh, midfielders? Who have you currently got sort of on your really high on the watch list? Oh, in terms of the premium ones, I think there's a there's a lot of value in some of the top end guys. I think Steele presents value, but there's obviously the concerns around Ross Lyon coming in as the coach. I think Mills presents some value as well. Um, yep. Brayshaw, as you guys were talking about, with um, with the with his ability to be able to push through a tag, especially later on in the season. And then, yeah, like Tom Mitchell is definitely one to watch, see where he's going to line up for Collingwood, whether or not he can be a fantasy scorer with their system. Then you've got a, you've got a bunch of other guys in that group as well, like Darcy Parrish is coming off injury-affected season, Marcus Bontempelli and, and, and Jack McRae are coming into a team without Josh Dunkley, so there's there's less competition for midfield time there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those years where there's not a huge amount of mid-price options since you guys are talking about. There might be, you know one or two up forward or down back that that can fit that bill, but there doesn't really seem to be anyone in that midfield. It might be one of the years where we pushed more towards the, the guns and rookie style that we have previously. Yeah, and well, one person I probably should have mentioned to Tim before he left was uh, obviously two minutes after that photo came out. There's a fair bit of buzz from that photo pre-season because he's looking huge. So he he's another one that he is, he's another yeah. one that's probably on my watch list that he also had a bit like Jack Steele. Those guys had that big year the year before. Last year, we're a little bit down, but yeah. obviously Took started really um, like pumping up those scores uh, back into last year. So is he maybe another 
that's maybe on your watch list there? Oh, I mean, any one of those midfielders that have shown in the past that they can push in excess of 110, 115 and be captaincy choices week in, win out, week out are, are players that you want to have on that watch list. And, and Tuke is definitely one of them. Yeah. I mean, I've been looking at the averages and aside from Rory Laird, there was just such a clumping of, you know, guys from the 105 to, to 112-ish yeah, average. Yeah. And picking which of those that you want to, you know, want to start with might be about, do I need to save 20K or 30K here to make sure I get, you know, um, an Ashcroft on field as opposed to, you know, a hundred or a 270K rookie. Yeah. Um, so it might be, that might be somewhere where people look to trim the fat, but identifying which ones of those are going to be the ones that you want. And, and the other thing I think that needs to be, I guess, considered, and, and this is something that I picked up a lot more on last year and, and started looking at already this year is just the fixture in the first few rounds. I mean, you, you can really pick the premium that you want to start based on, right, do they play, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning games? Do they have a good run of teams that they're likely to face? I mean, most people have an idea that, you know, Hawthorne, Adelaide, West Coast, maybe Essendon, North Melbourne are going to be the teams, you know, towards the bottom end of the ladder. They might be the more favourable matchups. If you've got a player that you're interested in that runs into, you know, three or four of those teams in the first six rounds, that might be the one you want to start yeah, with. No, I agree. Um, I hope Adelaide aren't uh, close to the bottom of the ladder, but um, but we'll have, to see, we'll have to see what happens. Hope they improve um, next year. But um, oh, I think they yeah, will. No, I, I agree. I think they well. will. But... Um, but no, speaking about Adelaide, obviously me and Tim just quickly brushed over it, but um, Laird, too expensive for you? Yeah, you can't start them. It's, you can't start them. It's, it's just you're going to lose too much of your salary and there's no upside yeah, there. Yeah. Um, I really want to start with him. Obviously, he's led my boy, but yeah, it's, he's very expensive. But obviously, Tom Mitchell's obviously the yeah. other one. Obviously, we spoke about him, but your thoughts on Tom Mitchell mm. leading into a new season, obviously, new colours, maybe a lot more opportunity in the midfield? Yeah, perhaps. I, I'm not as bullish as others are on him, but he's definitely one that I'll keep an eye on. I think he might be one of the more divisive picks to to start the year. Um at his price, he'll be around what you know, ninety-five average. Um, you really want him to be pushing around that one hundred and five to one hundred and ten marker, and, and being near enough to a top eight midfielder. I can easily see him pushing over a hundred and you know close to that one hundred and five marker, but I just don't know how much more there is in him. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, that's a good point. Yeah, because obviously we've seen Collingwood obviously different style of game, so it's probably. A little bit similar in the way that um, not as bad as like Richmond in lower scoring, but obviously it tends to that way where mm. it's more a team orientated, um, just sort of just moving the ball a lot more quicker and there's not sort of one player dominating the game. It's um, it's sort of, or, or a couple of players dominating the game. It's the whole team are doing their effort. So it, it'll be interesting to see how he goes in that mm. system. But I've, I'll probably currently have him um, in there. Um, and then, yeah. So what about uh, players like uh, Priced? Under a hundred, like your, maybe your Tom Greens or or someone like or, or an LDU or someone price. There is anyone there you're looking at? I think there's a really big kind of youth brigade coming through into the next season. Like you've got LDU, you've got people like John Newcomb, you've got Connor Rosie. I know he's a forward, not a midfielder, and same with Butters as well. Even someone like Adam Chera with the reports of Walsh going down and, and, and being injured and having a bit of an interrupted preseason, you know, spikes a bit of interest. Yep. Uh, Josh Ward showed that he could push, you know, that 9,500 marker in the back half of the year as well. But I think there's no real standout options like there has been in the past. I think, I think a lot of these players, you know, will, will show themselves out as the preseason goes on. But I think it's really just about keeping an open mind and being willing to 
to take in the news that comes through as the preseason develops and, and not be suckered into too much of the more midfield time when, you know, clubs are playing intra clubs and everyone's getting midfield time. You've got to actually see it. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, I think, as we said, this is obviously the first the first space for us for the season and a lot of people only like sort of maybe a week or a couple of weeks into really getting into preseason. Mm. So obviously a lot of these questions are going to be answered in obviously uh, in the new year and stuff like that. But um, any other players you want yeah. to talk about maybe that we obviously went on defence, forward line or ruck or anything like that that obviously we come before. But what are your thoughts in, in those three? Maybe you can start defence and then sort of work our way down the rucks forwards. Yeah, so I think you guys covered off most of the main beats. I mean, Jordan Dawson and Jack Sinclair are probably two that'll be in contention for a lot of people's D1 spot. I think Mitch Duncan is, as you guys say, a bit old, but it is one to monitor with the the change to the buy structure this year and how the format will adjust to, you know, is it best 22 on field for that week when there's, you know, only Geelong Gold Coast off or is it best 18? And if it's best 18, maybe here's one that you actually have to consider a bit more. Yep. Um, same with someone like Tom Stewart as well, who has some inbuilt value because of the injuries that he had. I think there will be a lot of interest in the two younger players in the back line who performed last year in Hayden Young and Nick Dacos. So, I, I can see both of them pushing. I was just going to mention about, uh, about Hayden Young, but he's he's funny enough mm. one that I'm not as quite as bullish on yet as a lot of people are. I want to see mm-hmm. first, but... Um, I think he's he's very much been in the start of his career, very much been a, a team first and then he'll get the ball after. So obviously it's a lot more about his intercepting ability, uh, his like spoiling, like being his man, stuff like that. So it's just interesting when you've still got like a Luke Ryan and, and a few other guys back there, can he push that that mark? So he's probably more preseason watch for me, but um what what do you what do you That's like fair. about him obviously heading into um next season? I just think for Young, there doesn't have to be a huge amount of change. I mean, there's the only you know player that Freya have lost down in that back line is, is Griffin Logan. He wasn't even playing down there. I think it just means that you know, should an injury happen to one of those big key tools, um, Luke Ryan becomes someone who's more accountable. I think there's just inbuilt progression in his scoring. Freo just love to have the ball in his hands. He's, he's the main distributor of halfback if you know, you're wanting an accurate kick. And then Clark's tandem that provides the running carry, similar to, say... Um, like a Redman for, for Essendon or or a uh, or a Williams for for Carlton. Yep. And I, I just think that there's enough. He, he's shown enough. Like he had last year was 2022 season was his first proper season where he, he had uninterrupted games throughout the entire year. And he showed the consistency that he can put out. I mean, he was pushing 80, 85 basically every game. He didn't really drop any, you know, stinky scores that make you go, I don't really want to own this player. And and he's shown he has a ceiling as well. Yes, yeah. And I'm and definitely by no means uh, am I crossing him off. He's definitely on my – he's definitely in the training for mm. my team in the preseason. So he's, he's coming along for, for a try to see if he makes a team or not. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting. But I'm definitely mm. very keen on Dacos. I just think that there's – obviously, I just yeah. the way that he started the preseason already, the, the, he's, he was at least – I think, what, seven points better in the back half of last year, maybe a little bit more of a push-up. Could he average 95 to 100? Then that, that's, I think that's a real possibility. So he, for me, I would rather him out of Dacos and Young. If you had to pick one, who would you pick one, Dacos or Young? Uh, I would go with Young at this stage. Yep. But um, I think that there's a lot more of a preseason watch on Dacos. Um, Young's role is very set in stone. He's going to be off halfback for the entire season. The, the, the Pies have come out and been a bit, you know, I don't know, vague about where Dacos is going to line up. I mean, I expect him to line up with halfback and push into the midfield a little bit, yeah. but 
if he starts to push into the midfield more, I'm actually less less keen on him. I kind of want yeah, him to so be in that it, nice cushy halfback. I know it's role. a little bit like the like the Jack Crisp and, and people like that, where it's like you want him to stay in the position they were playing. Yeah. So because obviously Nick Dacos takes uh, a fair few of those kickouts. Obviously back half year he did a lot more of that as well. So it's like if he goes to the midfield, he loses that. Yeah. So that that is a good point that um, will have to be sort of something to monitor, something to monitor there. Um, Salem an interest at all? I don't think so. I, I don't think there's enough value for him. I don't think I can't really see a world where he pushes over ninety. Um, and I think that there's, you know, I, I'd rather take a punt on someone like, uh, like Yo, who's got the defender status she shared, than than go for someone like Salem. Yep. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point there. Um, what about um, in your rucks? Who have you got? Who would you have currently lining up in your ruck um, if you're picking your team? I, I don't really like many of the, you know true value options like people have been floating names like meek and draper and you know even to a lesser extent someone like max lynch or or briggs if they get the roles i'm not sure i'm really sold on many of those and so you're starting to look more at the top end and and seeing right is there a clear player that you can pick and say right they're going to be a top two ruckman and you can lock that in at this point and i really think that you know at this stage it's looking like english and marshall will be the top two rocks, but there's obviously concerns more on Marshall than there is on English. So if I was looking at, you know, picking one of the top two, I'd pick English. And then if you're looking for, you know, maybe five to 10 points worth of upside, I think Darcy Cameron presents, a, you know, a lot of value just based on the start of the season compared to when Grundy went down. Yep. But then the question is, do you want to start him in your forward line and give yourself that security? Say if, you know, Marshall starts sharing the ruck with, with Campbell and, and doesn't score as what you expect, like you can then just, Flick Marshall out, move Darcy into your into your, your rock line, and yeah. then grab you know the forward premium that you maybe missed. And I think that's a viable option. So at this stage, I'm either toying with you know English and and Marshall, and then actually having DC forward, or just going with English and, and Darcy Cameron. Yeah, and I think that'll probably that question will probably be answered where um, preseason where does where does Marshall line up, and where's he really training a lot more in preseason? Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, you've got a few other names. There. Obviously, like like Riley. Oops. Crap, we've hit something off the floor. That's fantastic. Um, but you've got uh, the guys like Riley O'Brien. Obviously, he's, he's always sort of in and around those top sort of few um, few ruckmen. So mm. he obviously is going to have that same role this year. Um, like as um, Warney was saying as well, like Grundy's going to have um, the wait. Was it what? Uh, was, I think Warney or Tim. I can't remember who it was. Uh, some were saying they're going to have the bulk number of CBAs um, compared to Gorn, who's probably going to play more forward. So maybe he's here. Uh, a name there. So is any any yeah. of those names maybe in the mix there or is it really just Cameron, uh, Marshall and English? I do agree with the sentiment that Grundy will take, you know, more CBAs than gone. Um, that's still to play out and, and, and that's obviously one that people will monitor through the preseason. But uh, whether that means that he'll be a top two Ruckman or whether that means he'll probably just be in that, you know, 90 to 95 range, I, I think it's more of the latter than it is of the former. Um yeah, you did talk about Riley O'Brien. I'm still not convinced that, you know, he's that great of a footballer. He does a lot around the ground. He's able to get in and out the contest. But there's, there's a lot of, like, the fact that he was dropped during the season. And then I know he came back and he popped a 150. But any, you know, number one Rockman that's being dropped in the season is very hard to own, especially at the start of the season. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 uh, is, that is a good point. I, that is a good point you raise, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and... And then really any of the other options, there's just just too many concerns about right, like yeah. you, 
yeah, you go down the list, you go Gorn is sharing with Grundy, you go Grundy sharing with Gorn, you go Wits is getting old, you go Blitzarves, is he actually going to rock or is he going to go down back again? Darcy, you've got Jackson that's come in. Bruce, is he even going to be on the park half the time? Like there's just, it's really about trying to pick the players that have, you know, the least amount of question marks over them. And from, from my mind, it really is those three that we have started talking about. And, and maybe the value options, like a Meek might have managed himself as the number one Ruckman at the Hawks. Or, you know, maybe a Cherry pops out and says, right, I'm going to, be the number one Rockman at, at, at North Melbourne and Goldstein um, basically plays forward the entire time. Like maybe something like that happens and you think one of those players has enough value, but I, I think it's very much a keep it simple at this stage. Yep. No, I agree with that. And then the final position forwards, um, obviously we'll go through forwards now, but mm-hmm. if anyone does have any questions, flick them through, we'll answer, uh, answer them just at the end uh, as we are nearly uh, finishing up here. But um, yeah, which forwards obviously you're looking at? I think you can't start with that, Dunkley. Agreed. Uh, at this stage, I know it's a very early call, um, but the, the fact that you can select him as a forward is just, you know, it's a, it's a gift from the fantasy gods. Um, I think there would have been a lot looking at him even if it was a midfielder. I think he's the first name taken off of draft forwards already now, and, and people will be penciling that in unless, like, you know, unless he gets injured in the preseason, heaven forbid. Uh, and then it really comes down to which of the, you know, 10-point value guys do you want? Like, do you think Coles can rebound with, you know, less midfield competition with Taranto leaving? Do you think Taranto gets, you know, a bulk CBA share at Richmond and can push, you know, 105, 110? I think he probably can. Do you trust enough of Rosie's back half of the season and, and, and same for Butters as well, that they will get the bulk midfield time? I think you could probably pick one of them. I think it would be very tricky to pick both of them. And yeah, if you're yeah, picking you- one of them, I think you have to be going... You're probably going Rosie over Butters, and he's probably one that I would have in my team. Um, and then you're probably, yeah, as I said, Darcy Cameron might be someone that you could select as a forward um, and, and have that as a security for your, for your midfield. Yeah, yeah. And then in terms of the, the, mid, the mid-price options, well, I mean, I'm not sure you really can call him a mid-price option. I'm not sure what price you'll come in at, but, but Toby McLean is obviously the one that's had a lot of preseason hype from people who know yeah. what they're talking about in fantasy and for good reason. Yeah, no, I, I think McLean, he's, he, as long as he plays round one, I think he's pretty much locked into locked into my side. Um, and obviously you've got, you've got like your, yeah. your Ben Kings and your Oscar Allens and that, that are obviously going to be discounted that obviously people just watch and see if they're, if they're fit, which they should be yeah. for round one that people can have a look at there. Obviously Taron Thomas, obviously cheap coming off of a poor year. Maybe Alistair Clarkson comes in. Does he, does he get a better role and, and play a lot better. Ben Cunnington, obviously, is a bit cheaper as well when he's a f- available as a forward. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I've, mm. I've seen that um, Miller Thomas on Twitter as well is a bit sceptical with him being a little bit older, and, and I'm probably, I'd probably share that sentiment. I'm, I'm not sure if I could pick Cunnington. Yeah. Start the year, obviously, a bit of a, um, an old, uh, like aging body. Like, can he really put up a 90, 95-plus average? I'm not sure. So any of those guys that you've um, got on your watch list or, or are looking at? Um. Yeah, I think Huntington's probably the one that's a bit, you know, more of a super coach pick than an AFL fantasy pick. I think that he's just, as you say, he's very old. I'm, I'm very concerned about what Clarko will do with that midfield. There's a lot of, you know, unknowns there. Is he going to try and just go hard, commit to the youth development like Hawthorne are doing? Or is he going to, you know, try and give them a bit of development with someone like Huntington being the the, the older, more experienced player to, to, to show the younger ones what to do? I think Taron Torrance does present a lot of value if he's, you know, best 22, if he gets a good role. Um, definitely one that you can be considering for round one, but yes, very much a preseason watch. Um, 
There's a lot of talk about Fife as well. Um, I'm not 100% sure on his role. I think he's going to be pushing forward a lot more than people think he will. Uh, and again, that probably means he's more of a super coach player than an AFL fantasy player, but still probably one to monitor if he, if he starts getting bulk midfield time, which is possible. And then and then you, the other one I'm really looking at is, you know, as a breakout is maybe even just someone like Tom Powell at, at North Melbourne. Yep. With the, the forward DPP, he's definitely someone who could, you know, Jump 20, 25 points as a mid-pricer with just you know, natural development, more midfield time, all of the, the things that you're really looking for when you're trying to pick a breakout. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, he's going to be one of the many 100, 200, 300, however many players that obviously all of us are going to have on on our watch list. So, um, but yeah, um, Taron mm-hmm. Thomas, as you mentioned there, yeah, definitely one that I'll be looking at as well. So um, I don't think there's any questions here. So um, I think pretty much we're all, we're all pretty much done today, but... Um, Obviously, appreciate everyone for tuning in. Obviously, first of, of many of our Twitter spaces throughout the year. So thanks to Tim, obviously, on before as a co-host. And obviously, we're looking forward to having a big season coming um, up this year. And, and, mate, thanks for jumping on as as well. Um, obviously, you can find Tim um, at Tim Guest on Twitter. Um, and then, obviously, um, obviously at AFL Fantasy Fanatics, which is uh, our account here, which we do in the space. So make sure you do go and follow that. But, mate, mate where, can, where can the people find you on Twitter? I believe I'm at, at Minimonk10 on Twitter. Yeah, so make sure, make sure you go and follow Monk on Twitter. Obviously, another great AFL fantasy um, coach and, and, a, and a great man. So uh, go follow him. Obviously, thanks again to Warney for jumping on as well. Obviously, they'll be releasing all their – all the boys will be releasing their preseason content um, coming out. So um, obviously, in the next hopefully week or, or week and a half or so, we'll get obviously the game open. We'll be able to put our teams in – and we'll be back soon for another Twitter space. So, um, but yeah, as I said, go follow the AFL Fantasy Fanatics uh, Twitter account. Um, and then obviously I'm on Twitter at uh, Bailey Ergang as well. So make sure you go and follow that as well for any other content I'll do leading up to the season. So thanks everyone for tuning in and, and we'll be back uh, probably in the new year or whatever, but we'll let you know when we're back anyway. But thanks for tuning in and we'll chat to you guys then. All right, we're out. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.